you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. I want to preface everything by saying do not worry. I'm home today, not because I feel sick, but just because I feel lazy. So back to normal. With that said, buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. Now we're going to start today's show off because the, the later stories are very, very divisive. Is something that unifies us all, and that is farts. From the most proper of the proper to the nastiest of the nasty, everyone farts. I guess more specifically, today's show starts with the question of do you or would you fart in front of your partner or would you hold it until it became literally a medical issue? And the reason I ask that is because a popular Brazilian singer did just that. With that singer, Polka, explaining on Instagram stories to her nearly 16 million followers, I woke up at 5.30 a.m. with severe stomach pains and ended up in the hospital. Now, someone that got diagnosed with diverticulitis, yes, I'm gonna make this my whole personality, I, I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. But Polka then went on to explain that she had refused to fart in front of her boyfriend because they weren't on those terms yet, and explaining that when she started having stomach pains, she listened to advice from a TikTok thread, eventually resulting in her having an accumulation of trapped farts. Which, while I think that's silly in general, like if you really didn't want to do it in front of someone, like couldn't you just go outside or go to another room? But once again, to bring us back to what I said right at the top, everyone farts, like understand this. And so for this story, it sent me down the dumbest research rabbit hole I think I've ever gone down. For example, I now know that the NHS says that everyone farts, some people more than others. The average is five to 15 times a day. With science focus saying that everyone burps and farts around two and a half liters of gas per day. That's not because you're nasty though. Everyone's a little bit nasty. But it comes from the air we breathe, the, the drinks we have, the bacteria in our digestive system. Though if you do fart excessively or it changes, that could be a health problem, so go check that out. And y'all, farts aren't even weird anymore. You're keeping that stuff inside, but you got other women like that 90 Day Fiance star and Amaranth selling their farts in a jar. And honestly, y'all, if you fart in front of your guy and they have some crazy negative reaction, good, leave that fucking man-child. Because guess what? Given enough time, right? If you stay in this relationship, at some point, they are gonna realize you are a human being that does human things. And then we've got big news for all the toddlers who watch the show, all none of you, because Moderna is seeking approval for a pediatric low dose of its COVID vaccine, specifically for kids aged six months to six years, with each of the two doses being 25 micrograms or just 25% of the dosage adults receive. And the company is saying it will submit a request for authorization to the FDA in the coming weeks. And Moderna CEO, Stefan Bonsell saying, given the need for a vaccine against COVID-19 in infants and young children, we are working with the US FDA and regulators globally to submit these data as soon as possible. Also adding that the company has already asked for emergency use authorization to vaccinate kids age 6 to 11 and updating its submission for the same in kids age 12 to 17. You know, a lot of people have this belief that children are already protected from COVID, so they don't really need the vaccine. And that's not totally wrong. In the United States, just over a thousand minors have died from COVID since the pandemic started, which is awful, but also is very small compared to a nearly a million people who have died across all age groups. But health experts generally say that children should get vaccinated because they are still at risk of hospitalization, if not death, and the long-term effects of COVID are still unclear. So Moderna's research does come as a welcome announcement for those trying to edge up overall vaccination rates. Right, and as far as the new data, it was gathered from 6,700 total children under the age of six given the vaccine in a trial, with them showing what they referred to as a robust neutralizing antibody response similar to adults' doses with a favorable safety profile. With no severe cases reported, though, efficacy against symptomatic infection was 43.7% in the group under two years old and 37.5% in the group from two to five, which is lower than the numbers for adult testing before Omicron, but comparable to the real-world efficacy among adults after Omicron. And the timing here is notable because it's coming just as stealth Omicron or the BA to subvariant of regular Omicron is hitting the United States, making some wonder whether they can get their kids vaccinated in time. Right, right now, the CDC is estimating that stealth Omicron was responsible for 35% of new infections reported last week, a jump from 22% the prior week and 16% the week before that. Though notably, it's even higher in some regions like the Northeast, where over half of new cases were stealth Omicron. With one of the key differences of this subvariant, of course, being that it's 50 to 60% more transmissible than regular Omicron, which itself caused a huge surge in infections over the winter. Though, importantly, I do want to note, it does not yet appear to be deadlier or 
more resistant to the vaccine, leading Dr. Fauci to tell ABCs this week on Sunday. The bottom line is we will likely see an uptick in cases as we've seen in the European countries, though adding that it probably won't be a full-blown surge, though it will probably disproportionately affect people along political lines, which tends to be a strong predictor of vaccination. Right data from December finding that if Democrats split off into their own country, they would have one of the world's highest rates, with over 91% of adults getting at least one dose, and only around 60% of Republicans able to say the same. But honestly, at this point, it feels like the entire country has turned into a white girl in Uggs because it just can't even, regardless of politics. With similar shares of Republicans, Democrats, and Independents saying they were frustrated, tired, and angry in a January poll. But also, in February, majorities of all three groups were saying that the worst of the pandemic is behind us. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're right, because I can't even either. I don't want to go back inside. I'm getting healthy. I'm trying to have a daddy to Franco summer. Yeah, ultimately, I want to ask y'all, where are you at with this? Not with the daddy to Franco summer, but rather just the, this new sub-variant, as well as if you are a parent, what are your thoughts regarding vaccinating your kids? And I ask because every poll that I've seen, it's just, it's wildly different when people are talking about vaccinating themselves versus vaccinating their kids. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, ButcherBox, for offering you beautiful bastards a year of free wild-caught salmon. ButcherBox is a premium meat delivery service for those that enjoy high-quality meats at the utmost convenience. 100% grass-fed, beef, free-range, organic, chicken, wild-caught seafood, and pork-raised crate-free at an affordable price. You know, I've really enjoyed cooking a lot more lately as I've gotten back on track with my health and life goals. My go-to is the custom box so we can choose exactly what we want to get. Or wild Alaskan salmon for dad, burgers for the guys on the weekends, chicken tenders for the boys. ButcherBox makes it easy to customize for your specific lifestyle needs. You can meal prep for you or the whole family just from one box. And the best part? ButcherBox partners with farmers who meet the highest quality standards. The meat is frozen at the peak of freshness and packed in an eco-friendly 100% recyclable box. Don't wait. During a flash sale, new members will get two pounds of free wild-caught salmon in every every box for a year. You heard right, two pounds of wild-caught salmon for free in every box for a year. Plus, shipping is always free. So order today at butcherbox.com slash DeFranco to get the flash sale. And then let's talk about America's least controversial topic, abortion. But once again, Oklahoma is trying to break the mold of just being North Texas by going one step further than its Southern neighbor. With the Republican controlled House of Representatives passing House Bill 4327, which would effectively be a near total ban on abortions in a 79 to 19 vote, with the only exception being when the mother's life is in danger. And just like in Texas, Oklahoma is hoping to calm the courts into thinking this is an a state enforcing the ban, but rather its citizens. Because House Bill 4327 allows private individuals to sue anyone who, quote, aids or abets the performance or inducement of an abortion, or anyone who, quote, intends to engage in conduct described in this act, with successful litigants entitled to at least $10,000 in damages. So from here, the law still needs to be passed by the state Senate, which is also controlled by Republicans before presumably being sent to its Republican governor's desk. And of course, online, we've seen the exact response you would expect. Anti-abortion people and groups praising the move, tweeting things like, the bill is a total abortion ban. Go Oklahoma. With people and groups like Planned Parenthood calling it a grave threat to abortion access, pointing out that it's likely to affect far more than just Oklahomans. But apparently after Texas law went into effect about half of those seeking abortions in Oklahoma had Texas zip codes, with the ACLU also reacting to the law tweeting, it's a dark moment for Oklahomans' ability to control their own bodies and futures. No one should have to leave their home state to get the care they need. For many, traveling to another state won't be an option, forcing them to continue their pregnancies against their will. This cruelty will create a ripple effect felt throughout the region. However, and this is a key thing, it is unclear how much the ACLU will be able to fight these laws for the foreseeable future. Where the federal courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court, would only consider one specific challenge to Texas's law and referred it back down to the state's 
Supreme Court. Earlier this month, that challenge was struck down, effectively ending any legal challenge to the law. But yeah, ultimately, that is where we are. More women's rights being stripped away, and really, this is just going to affect those who don't have money. Because despite what we're seeing at a state-by-state -state level, despite Roe v. Wade potentially being pulled back by the Supreme Court, abortions will continue to happen. They'll just be reserved for those who have the monetary ability to have them, or they'll just be dangerous. But that uh, is just the thought process and opinion of this monster who believes that women should have control over their bodies. And then, let's talk about how things are going with Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who continues to be in the hot seat amid her Supreme Court justice confirmation hearing. Right, yesterday we saw her getting grilled by senators about her views, judicial philosophy, religion, and preference for children's books. And we'll start with that last one because no, it was not a joke. But Senator Ted Cruz proving once again that his intellectual capabilities are at a children's book level when questioning Jackson after he singled out this book, Anti-Racist Baby, a book said to be taught to four to seven-year-olds at Georgetown Day School, which is a private school where Jackson serves as a member of the Board of Trustees. There are portions of this book that, that, that I find really quite remarkable. One portion of the book says babies are taught to be racist or anti-racist. There is no neutrality. Another portion of the book, they recommend to babies confess when being racist. Now, this is a book that is taught at Georgetown Day School to students in pre-K through second grade, so four through seven years old. Um, do, do you agree with this book that is being taught with kids that, that babies are racist? Senator, I do not believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist or though they are not valued or though they are less than, that they are victims, that they are oppressors. I don't believe in any of that. With Cruz going on to hammer in questions about critical race theory, which Jackson rightly points out is largely reserved for law schools and essentially never taught in public schools at lower education levels. Beyond that, Cruz alongside other senators continued to hammer on Jackson's past sentencing when it came to child pornography, claiming that she consistently went below sentencing guidelines or what prosecutors asked for, which is something that we talked about somewhat on Monday when Senator Josh Hawley brought the issue up before questions even technically began. But Jackson rebuked that yesterday, flatly saying that nothing could be further from the truth and that her sentences considered the circumstances of cases, guidelines, and victim statements. But if you take the slightest dive into her cases, it would be no surprise to find that Hawley and other Republican senators are trying to cherry-pick cases to highlight. It's why you have people like Andrew C. McCarthy, a conservative writer and former federal prosecutor, characterizing Hawley's criticisms of Judge Jackson as a smear, with the Associated Press going through her record and finding that in essentially every cherry-pick situation where she gave less than the federal guidelines called for, it was because the prosecution, or others representing the Justice Department, asked for it. And as Douglas A. Berman, a law professor at Ohio State University, put it, if and when we properly contextualize Judge Jackson's sentencing record in federal child porn cases, it looks pretty mainstream. But also, this was just the tip of the iceberg. You had Senator Marsha Blackburn, for example, having this controversial exchange. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, 
People make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, With Blackburn going on to say this proves that Jackson prescribes to what the right considers far-left politics. And then, of course, you had Senator Lindsey Graham firing on multiple fronts, having an exchange about Jackson's past working as a public defender for detainees at Guantanamo Bay, with her defending her decision to represent them by pointing out that everyone deserves due process. Graham also using his time to complain about the Kavanaugh confirmation, as well as asking this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how faithful would you say you are? With Senator John Kennedy also asking if she had a personal belief about when life began, to which she responded. I don't... No. <laughs> Ma'am? I don't know. Do you have I, a I belief? I, I have um, personal, religious, and otherwise beliefs that have nothing to do with the law in terms of when life begins. Do you, do you have a personal belief, though, about when life begins? I have a religious view. Religious belief. That I set aside when I am ruling on cases. Which, I mean, is really in line with past justices. The general rule of thumb has been, I have personal beliefs that don't matter. The facts of the cases are what matters. But as far as the Republican line of questioning, a lot of it feels like it's really just kind of meant to clip and share on social media or put on shows like Hannity or Tucker Carlson. Right, questions that fuel a culture war and really don't take aim at her qualifications because arguably she is one of the most qualified candidates to be on the Supreme Court. Right, and on the note of people reacting to these clips and a culture war, you had people like Hassan Piker saying, so sad that in the absence of meaningful progressive economic policy goals, every political topic is set by reactionary culture war wedge issues that the GOP can dust off whenever they're bored of kidnapping the parents of trans kids or whatever. But also with this, you know, Jackson wasn't under fire the entire time. She received a lot of praise from Democrats who really just gave her softball questions, similar to how we saw Republicans treat their recent nominees. But of course, all that said, it's not over yet. We're going into today, the third day of her hearing. She's gonna be fielding a lot more questions, and if it's anything like yesterday, that could mean another 12 hours. And really, uh, unless there is some kind of mutiny in the Democratic Party, right, by the, the more conservative members, she is probably going to get through. Even though it's a 50-50 split, you have Kamala Harris to break the tie. As long as Democrats vote along party lines, you should be good. However, at the same time, it might not be surprising if she did peel off some Republican votes. With her trying to make clear yesterday that that she isn't trying to be a policy-setting judge, telling lawmakers. I am acutely aware that as a judge in our system, I have limited power, and um, I am trying in every case to stay in my lane. And on top of that, pointing out that she tries to figure out what the words mean as they were intended by the people who wrote them. So if it is uh, a statute, for example, or a provision of the Constitution, I'm looking at the text, the Adherence to text is a constraint on my authority. I'm trying to figure out what those words mean uh, as they were intended by the people who wrote them. Which, for many Republicans who prefer originalist interpretations of the law and constitution, is exactly what they want to hear. But for now, we'll have to wait and see, though I will, on a personal note, say I am very impressed how she is just not taking the bait and rising above. You know, ultimately, that is where that story and today's show ends. And I just want to say thank you for watching, like, and subscribing for these daily dives into the news. I like this community that we have. It makes me feel like maybe common sense is not fully dead yet. But on that happy note, where I'll leave you is if you want some more news, I got you covered right there. I've actually been posting two videos a day, a short in the morning, and then actually the, this full show now. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.